Hey, this is Mara Davis, and you are listening to The Manifesto with Billy Brew. You're listening to The Manifesto with Billy Brew. It's our Thursday excursion into radio excellence. My name is Billy Brew, and thank you very much for listening to my show. And if you're a brand-new listener, thank you for taking a chance on my show. I think you're really going to like our guests this hour. But you can hear us on the Real 1100 AM in Atlanta. You can listen while you work, streaming live at real1100.com. You can also download the Real 1100 app for your iPhone or Android. Yes, there is more. The TuneIn Radio app, we can be found there as well, as well as iHeartRadio. The Manifesto with Billy Brew also has a Facebook page. Like it, love it. We have all of our past shows on it. It's a great resource for everything Billy Brew. And podcasts are available as well. Among them, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. want to say hello this morning to Gray. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He keeps me on the rails. And, of course, this uh, hour of The Manifesto with Billy Brew is brought to you by Habersham Home Solutions and Landscape. Spring is finally here. Spring into action with your friends at Habersham Home Solutions and Landscape. These guys can help you with a new landscape design and installation for your home. Landscape enhancements to complement your existing landscape. Design and installation of new spring flower beds. Installation of pine straw and nuggets. General yard cleanup available as well. Junk removal for that spring cleanup around your house. Handyman services available. Painting and so much more. So give these guys a call for your free estimate today 770-616-5979 770-616-5979 they cover all over metro atlanta so give these guys a call 770-616-5979 solutions for your home habersham home solutions and landscape when you think of good barbecue you think of the south and when you think of the best barbecue in atlanta you think das barbecue their meats are slowly smoked with seasoned hickory and pecan wood. Choose from mouth-watering beef brisket, pulled pork, ribs, chicken wings, and other delicious slow-smoked meats. They offer an outstanding selection of side dishes like mac and cheese, cream corn, collard greens, and much, much more. Located in the heart of Atlanta at 1203 Collier Road, Das Barbecue is conveniently located for your barbecue fix. Having a party or big event? Das Barbecue can handle all of your catering needs as well. Visit their website at dasbarbecue.com. That's D-A-S-B-B-Q.com. Or give them a call at 404-850-7373. For the best barbecue you'll ever eat, it's got to be Das Barbecue. 1203 Collier Road in Atlanta, 404-850-7373. Or on the web at dasbarbecue.com. If you are a long-time listener of this show, I cannot thank you enough for your support. It's been, it's been a great ride. We're almost approaching uh, a year anniversary. How about that? But you know I have a lot of great musicians on this show, and, and I, I couldn't be more happy to uh, have these guys in the studio. We have a band called RMS, and now I'm going to introduce them individually, Angie Riley, Tom Matthews, and Dave Strandcrest. It is RMS. Welcome. Thanks thank for you. having us, man. Thank you, Billy. Did I, did I mess up your name, Dave? Strand Quest. Uh, Strand Quest. That's a tongue twister right there. So, all right, RMS. Uh, obviously, um, we had Angie. We had you on the show last year, yes, and did. it was fantastic. And and so I can't get past. And I told you this before we went on the air. The the link between um, bluegrass and heavy metal. Oh, absolutely. Huge link between bluegrass and heavy metal. I mean, the instrumentation, the, uh, well, not so much the instrumentation, but the technicality of the instrumentalists. Yeah. Uh, in some that. speed so going on. Abs- you know, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, you've got intensity 
in, in, in both yeah. genres. So um, I actually, in our new release, which is all originals, um, we're trying to incorporate some of the instrumentation that I use in okay. bluegrass music in, into metal, but make it fit. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not, I personally am not a big fan of the folk metal genre, but um, I do like to incorporate traditional instrumentation into what we're doing. Well, it's like if you're talking about, you know, the difference between are you playing violin or are you playing fiddle? There's no fiddle in any of this. But yeah. There's definitely violin. Well, and Tom, Tom is a good, is the guitarist of the band. And, and by the way, you told me before we went on the air, you're a lefty, and that's yeah. way cool. So is my uh, oldest son. I think no, that's really not. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you yeah. said it's tough yeah. to buy things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, your craft. Uh, well, the good thing is nobody wants to play your guitar. You know, if somebody's <laughs> like, "Hey, can I try your guitar out?" Yeah. I'm like, "Sure, go for it." Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, what's through what?" You know. So it's fun to look. Look at them. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and some of your influences and how you got into heavy metal. I'm from Alabama. I've been living here uh, about 15 years uh, as far as influences. Oh, man. Uh, It started out, I just, um, when I first started playing, I was really big on um, Iron Maiden, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, all the stuff that kids my age that were into metal were listening to. Um, Ended up getting into really really heavy stuff death metal you know stuff like that where it's like i started to like lose a lot of friends because of my <laughs> musical taste so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh like you know nowadays I'm, I'm into anything you know uh i've been listening to a lot of the cars lately um uh you know we were talking about deep purple or yeah uh, you know uh this just depends man whatever grabs my ear would we hear any of that in your playing any of some of the old school influences i mean you'd probably hear a blender of everything i've ever heard yeah you know including like car horns and whatever <laughs> and just anything you know like i take you know it's just a you know anything i i hear i try to you know, I try to duplicate it in my own way on guitar. So, and I'm just curious how musicians gravitate toward the genre that they prefer to play. I mean, I my aunt taught. You know, I grew up on the Beatles, and so that was kind of yeah. light and poppy. Then I got harder as I got older. I mean, like you know, more distortion and louder and louder. Why, why do you and why did we gravitate toward that? I don't know. I think what it is is like you. You might you like say if you you listen to the Beatles at first, it'll it'll like really you know kind of blow your mind, and then the more you hear that sound. It starts to get a little old, and so it's like, yeah. okay, well, this band sounds like that band, and like, but whoa, what is this? You know, it's like yeah. going from say, if you talk about that, you know, that time, that era of music, it's like, okay, you know, I love the Beatles, and then Led Zeppelin comes along, <laughs> and then yeah. you, then Led Zeppelin, you know, oh, that's pretty cool, and then next thing you know, Black Sabbath comes along, and then that's pretty cool, and then the next thing you know, this noisy little young band called Metallica mm-hmm. comes along, yeah. and it just kind of gets you know it's, uh, somebody's always looking for something new when they're you know listening to a certain type of music for a long time. So, know? are you at the point where it, what is heavy? What's is there anything heavy enough for you, or is it are you still seeking a heavier? I don't know how to put oh, it. I, you know, some louder, harder, faster. Well, that's I the mean, thing is like I, you'd laugh at some of the stuff I listen to. I mean, because I don't I listen to just heavy music, I and mean, to me, heavy. It could be uh, in many different ways, you know, like, uh, you know, to me, a really heavy song is like uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone by The Temptations, right? Because oh. it's heavy. Cause heavy in they, message mm-hmm, and yeah, feel, gotcha, but not necessarily in yeah. heavy in, in the musical style. Like. Right, but if you listen to it, the, uh, the, the strings, they're playing pretty aggressive on there, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, are. you know, it's like I, a lot of the stuff I listen to, I, 
I mean, I, I sometimes I have like on my days off, you know, like if I'm just sitting around, you know, having a few beers or something, and I, I'll get on one. Like the other day, I got on an Elvis kick. I just yeah, was listening okay. to Elvis all damn day. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, our, our musical tastes are, are really varied. Um, you know, because I I'm actually an aficionado, obviously, of bluegrass and traditional country. So yeah. I'll, I'll get on kicks like that. Um, and Dave actually is into what is that surf I, music? Spawn well, music? I grew up. I grew up as a classic rock guy. Okay, um, that's where my roots are. You know, I Kiss. <laughs> you know, yeah. Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, stuff like that. You know, harder and heavier. Was Absolutely. Better. Well, then who were in that genre? Who were the drummers that you were looking up to? John Bonham. Of course. Everybody. Everybody says know, that. Tommy yep. Aldridge from Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. from, uh, Black Oak, Arkansas. And uh, Whitesnake. He ended up with, no, he's still playing with Whitesnake. Wow. And uh, all those, you know, all those classic rock bands and then going into Metallica and Judas Priest, you know, yeah. and those, I like the energetic stuff. And as a drummer, that's what I wanted. Yeah. You know, was I wanted to play energetic drums. So that's where my heart and soul is. When did you pick up the drums? And when when did you realize, uh, I, I like, okay, yeah. I was about 12, and, and uh, my parents had a, uh, a Ventures record with Wipeout. Yes. And ding, so ding, ding. my dad rented me a snare drum. And he God said, bless him, you know. He said, <laughs> if you like it, maybe you'll get a drum set someday. You know, and I just sat there and beat on everything around the drum set, and he was like, "Okay, this guy needs a." <laughs> was your dad a musician? Is he a musician? My dad plays piano, and um, his mother was a piano teacher. So okay, so you, have, you got music in your music blood, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I think that's great. My dad, he, uh, I got a snare drum and a hi hat, and that was probably the worst day of my dad's life because <laughs> he just couldn't stand it. I kept playing, 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 but, uh, but your dad was very gracious and, and encouraged it. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And my neighbors said that, uh, they used to say in the summertime, I'd go up there and play them all day long in the house. Yeah. And my neighbor would come out and go, well, honey, I think the natives are getting restless. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first set? First kit? Your it first was a set of Whitehall. Okay. It was a Japanese stencil kit. They, oh, they okay. Call it stencil kit because it's like a copy of the American drum. Okay, and it was made by Pearl. Nice, very nice. How in the world did y'all get together? How, uh, how did how did RMS come about? Tom and I have known each other for fifteen years, and we used to kind of jam uh, informally. Um, Tom's just uh, you know an amazing guitar player with a. Thank uh, you. Tell him about your background, uh, a little bit about your your pedigree. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I started playing. When I was very young, I was about 14. And uh, basically what happened is my house burned down and um, I had this crappy little acoustic guitar that my uncle gave me and I never learned to play a lick on it. And my dad told the insurance company that, yeah, my son lost his guitar. He was really attached to that thing. So we got enough money to get an electric guitar <laughs> with, uh, that was left-handed. And I didn't even know they made left hand. I didn't know the difference. I just know that I picked up my uncle's guitar, and I'm like, I can't do this. How the how the hell do people do this? How you how can you, you know? So was your uncle's guitar a right handed guitar, right and you yeah. just flipped it over like Hendrix did? Well, I know I didn't even know to do that. I yeah. was holding it like this and 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 feeling like helpless. So I just gave up. But then later I found out that you know, hey, they actually got left handed guitars. And then when I was like, okay, this is more like it. Yeah. I just kind of went to town on it from there. And, Are uh, you predominantly left-handed? And I mean, do, 
is that your dominant hand in life? Oh yeah, yeah okay. Everything yeah, is left-handed. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's, it hasn't helped me. But it's interesting much. as a guitarist, <laughs> though. If you're dominant left-handed, that's your strum chord or your your picking chord, and your yeah. right hand is doing all the chord stuff. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you figured it would be in my mind if you're lefty, then you're so, your de- your dexterity would be on the chords and stuff. That's Actually, yeah, my right hand, is, my my fretting hand is stronger than my uh, yeah. my picking hand. Um, yeah, like, you know, it's just it's like a thing where I, I got more of a legato style than a staccato when okay. I'm playing lead, but when I'm playing rhythms, it's a saw staccato type stuff. So it just depends. So y'all are in the middle of uh, of self producing an album. Yeah. And uh, do y'all any idea when that's going to be released later on this year? Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got so far. We've got. Let's see, one, two, three. We've got five songs that are listenable. They're not like mixed and gotcha. mastered and all that, but they're listenable. Okay. Um, and then we've got like I think three or four more to work out, and then we've got the covers that we are, a few covers. We're thinking about doing a, a couple of covers on it. Now, when yeah. you're talking covers, I, I'm fascinated. Did you pick a heavy metal song to cover a heavy metal song, or would you take something like "Tie a Yellow Ribbon" around the old tree and do is, that you in know, the metal? Uh, you know, we actually we actually got a pretty uh, groovy little cover of um, "No Time" by the Guess Who. That's very cool. It's uh, yeah, we all sing on it. We do all the harmonies, <laughs> and it's it's very very heavy, gallopy kind of riff, and it's, okay. it's we turn it into a metal song. <laughs> First time and, uh, we got together and did a video, we were doing Synchronicity 2 by the yeah, police. Yeah, yeah, we do an instrumental of Synchronicity. But there's a video of that on YouTube. There is. It's okay. RMS Synchronicity 2. That's the first song we ever got tight was uh, Synchronicity 2. That's, and, that, and that's not an easy song to, to oh, put no, together. I don't no. hear a lot of bands covering that song. Oh, those chords will kill you, yeah. man. Like, all you got to do is look at the video, watch my fingers, watch my hands, and, you know, and when I'm, like, doing all this movement and stuff, I'm not trying to, like, show off stage moves. I'm trying to move my body in a certain way to where I'm going to be able to hit that chord without messing it up and flubbing it. So it's like know? Andy Summers did some pretty intricate oh, chording. Oh, that guy. Yeah. People don't know how good that dude was. Yeah. That's, whew, man. Stuart Copeland, of course. Oh, yeah. One yeah, of my yeah. Heroes. Absolutely, yeah. So when y'all are writing original music, how does that go about? Now, does it start with a jam? Does Mostly, it start with vocals first? I mean... I, kind like, of walk us through the process. I'm kind of the main musical director as far as that goes. I like I, so it's like I usually come back and show them what I have, okay, and then record it and then tell Dave like you know hey play along with this, just figure something out on it because like I told you earlier, like I'm not good at drums at all and I'm really not good at explaining. But do you have a drum so, rhythm in your head? Oh, yeah. Kind of I mean, like, I've got an idea. I want to go. Da, da, what about, da, 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 what about, you remember we did that? We, me and him made a video one time, and I'm over there like, okay, this is what I want you to do. And that's technical language, by the way. I understand yeah. that. And he's like, and, and I'm sitting there looking like a goof, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, don't show anybody this, please. Just look at it and figure out the pattern. So how do you interpret that, Dave? The funny thing about it is that Tom's playing is so percussive. In the first place. Isn't by nature the, what y'all play is percussive anyway? Yeah. 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 And so, and so when he did that little way. video for me, I asked him to do that video for <laughs> me. It was pretty much everything that I have been planning to do anyways for the most <laughs> part. But yeah. there were a few things that were, uh, and uh, speaking specifically to the song that we're going to play today, there were some things like uh, cymbal swells. Okay. And yeah, yeah, cer- I'll let him Certain ways of building with his composing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say a little bit closer to the mic there. Composing. That's perfect, perfect. So when you're playing, 
Are you? Are you? I have to. Ask, are you double bass, triple bass, quad yeah, bass? Yeah, double bass. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I always played a little bit of double bass, but now you know, playing with Tom, I had to amp it up big time. Is it? Know? Are you literally just running in place? Just sometimes, yeah. You know, yeah, or sitting and sitting running. I I have tried double bass. I can't do it. I'm just it's just not my style. You right? have to dedicate yourself to it. To How do you learn something like that? You sit down and you get a bowl of popcorn. And you <laughs> You're in on, it for the long you haul. Turn on me TV, <laughs> and you sit down with your pedals and you just. Steady sixteenth notes. Da, yeah, da, 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 the same da, da, way da, da. like learning how to pick on guitar. Enjoy your life like you, know. you normally do. You just keep doing <laughs> that as often as you can. Basically. What is the most important part of of the drums in a heavy metal uh, song? A group. It's the drive, and it's, so, it's you know. What about the fills? Do you, do you concentrate on fills, or are you just keeping the, in the 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 train on the tracks? Yeah, a lot of fills. Tom's Tom's playing requires a lot of fills. Would you say, and, and, and Angie, get in here too? It's like, are y'all three lead instruments playing cohesively? I mean, I mean, you, you're probably all over the map doing your your bass licks. Tom's all over the map. You're you're all over the map. I mean, oh, I'm, oh, I, yeah, I see but, what but you're saying. But cohesively, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you're, you're saying. it's not freaky jazz yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I didn't understand at first, but Sorry, yeah, yeah. It, just, it just clicked. I, I get it. <laughs> I mean, y- y'all are very busy. You're not just sitting there strumming yeah. and going la da da. No, no, it, no, yeah, and there's all. I always try to like you know orchestrate things. Like I guess, if, for lack of a better word, it's like if I got a certain melody line or a certain riff. Unless there's a certain drive going on with the drum pattern and the guitar riff, I want something different going on with the bass. Okay. But still locked in. Not like, you know, like, like when you said, like, not like jazz players where it sounds like three people playing a different song. Three different songs. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, um, a lot no, of- it's just keeping it all, you know, as like, you know, staying cohesive yet uh, – uh, staying cohesive yet letting it kind of roam free, if that makes any We're sense yeah. at all. We're getting a lot proggier. <laughs> we we, okay. def- yeah, we definitely are. We definitely are. A lot of times when I'm playing bass, though, it will serve the song for me to follow Tom's rhythms. And those in and of themselves are, are so technical um, that, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a workout. No, it's, it, 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 it truly is a workout. I can imagine. I uh, can't imagine what Dave goes through. I mean, he's just... just you, I'm having fun. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> and you're very thin for... for I don't know. It's just it's just amazing. So 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 for someone who is not a heavy metal fan, how can you sell them on heavy metal? How can you sell them on RMS? Um, I like Captain and Tennille. I like Captain. Yeah, I like (laughs) Captain Tennille. How are you going to tell me the person who likes Captain and Tennille? Hey, dig our band. Or Uh, would they ever even do that? Can you name another band? Maybe I could. Because I don't know the I don't know the music. I love Led Zeppelin. Okay. How why would I I love you guys? And I'm and I love you guys, but I'm just saying hypothetical. How How would would you? How would I? I would say, hey man, uh, you know, uh, I see what you like about Led Zeppelin. You know, the lead guitar and the you know all that kind of stuff. We got that too. It just doesn't (laughs) sound like that. (laughs) I guess I I don't know. I mean, I would say like you know, it's it's hard to sell a band like us to somebody that who doesn't know who who basically if somebody was just into straight up like hip hop all the time or whatever you're not going to reach those people anyway so it's not really you know yeah. really worth it and that but makes like, sense but like you know if, but if somebody's in, I'd say I'd have a better I've had better uh, luck you know turning people onto what I do that had like you know they didn't like metal or hard rock but they love jazz 
That makes sense. You know, yeah. I'd be like, well, check out this little lick I got. And then they'll be like, wow, that's crazy. And then, you know, that kind of sounds like Alan Holdsworth or that kind of sounds like John Coltrane or something. It's like, well, that's how, that's how I actually ripped off John Coltrane. That's how I got that. Do you look you know? for a specific guitar tone? Yeah. I, I'm sure it varies from song to song and, and whatever, whatever oh, piece yeah. you're doing. But, I mean. Whatever I feel like I can have control over. Do you play clean on I songs? I play clean, uh, play distorted. Sometimes if if it's like that buzzsaw distortion, yeah. I can't deal with it. I'm like, I really? don't like that. I, no, I like it. I like it to have a, a cleanliness to it because it's like Dave was talking about. I do a lot of syncopated stuff and a lot of rhythmic stuff, and you know, I want my I want the strict uh, the string and the pick to have that clicking sound, kind of like you know that, you, um, that the that the listener will hear that. Yeah, you can hear like like you know. Uh, like taking, did you ever take playing cards and stick them in your bicycle spokes? Of course. When you hear that, that's what I like to get. And when you got those buzzsaw distorted guitars, you are not going to hear that at all. And if they're too clean, yeah, you're not going to get the sustain that you need to keep it to keep you know keep it going. What is a live RMS show like? Oh God! Wild. <laughs> I yeah. bet. I it's bet. a whirlwind. Me uh, upsetting a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is your stage? <laughs> Which show? I mean, I could tell you we've had some good ones and we've had some bad ones. Uh, we've had some where uh, it looked like there might be uh, problems, and you know, then I ended up. Well, some people thought I might have owed certain people an apology, but I don't feel like I did. And I never <laughs> will apologize for what I did. And we've had, we've always had a great <laughs> response to any anytime we put oh, a sure. show out, <clears throat> we we get we have some loyal fans and they will come. And yeah, we got some good people. We, I mean, we I'm not trying to say that we've had like this. It can be crazy in a good way. We've had a couple of bad shows that happened because of just people being out of line. Sure, yeah, and, that um, happens to everyone. A lot of everyone times, a you know, uh, you know, when you're up there, uh, when people are out of line, you, you can call them out on it. Or you can just not call them out, and the next thing you know, they can heckle you, yeah. or they can bother you, and then it just gets uglier and uglier and uglier. So, so on your original material, <clears throat> is it a, is it a structured verse, chorus, verse type thing, or does it Sometimes, allow y'all to yeah. improvise and go off on some jams? It just depends, man. Like you know, I've noticed one thing. Like I said, we've got these five songs, and then we've got a couple of more that I've been trying to work out. They're all different. It just depends yeah. on what what. You know what mood I'm in. I guess I don't. I don't know. You know, it's yeah, it's like when we compose, we don't want to compose in a box. Yeah. We, we want to yeah. kind of leave it open, and we want to leave people guessing. So uh, the song that we're going to play uh, later in this broadcast is is definitely it's probably not something that normal RMS listeners would expect from us. And it's an instrumental too, it is which an is instrumental. very cool. Well, that's the thing. It's like after after we play it, that's one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up about this song and this. It will definitely. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you before we play it. Originally, yeah. this song had it had vocals and okay. it had lyrics. Um, and I we actually have. Uh, I, I still have some of the recordings with the the vocals on it, and it just wasn't working. I could not for some reason. I mean, I was hitting all the right notes. I was in the right spot, and I kept going home feeling disappointed. Hmm. And, and I was like, dude, I, I was like. You know this is this is terrible. I don't. I'm 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 starting to feel pretty bad about this, and I can't get it get it right. We and recorded the music first. I had a CD with just the instrumental, and I remember telling Tom, "This stands up on its own as an instrumental." 
Well, the thing yeah. is, is um, well, the, it it just wasn't the vocal wasn't working. I could I couldn't get it to work, and and then it was like, yeah, you know, there there already is a lot of stuff going on, like with with the you know, Dave has this one thing where he's doing this little triplet run in the background over this thing that I'm doing. That's you know, and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, let's replace all these bunt vocal lines with some guitar solos and some violin parts, and and then let's go from there. You know, lyrically and, speaking, in y'all's original music, what what's the tone? Do y'all dark. do sappy? Yeah. I figured dark. maybe, but I write. I wrote, I've, I've written all the lyrics. <laughs> I mean, so just far, like so dark, dark like, stuff, or just yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay. I mean, like the yeah. thing is, is and, and this is you know, um, when I write certain lyrics, a lot of people have have read stuff that I've written, and it, it can, you know, some people if they look too deep into it. They think I might be a disturbed individual or something. Okay, and it's not because I'm not writing in like death metal lyrics, and it's not know? autobiographical. Either. No, no, yeah. no. I mean, but I, I do know, like, uh, you know, like we have a song called "Blackout Kill," and um, sounds pleasant. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the reason the song, you know, uh, if, if if you read the lyrics, if you read it, you would think, man, this dude's kind of twisted. But actually, what it is is I was watching some. Uh, forensics show okay. or something and they were talking about this guy that ended up killing some girl that he met at a bar he went home with her and got so messed up on drugs and alcohol he blacked out and accidentally killed her and then hmm. woke up and didn't remember anything and so they were talking about the court case and all and i'm like that's pretty that's pretty and, good and that's your inspiration <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> i dig it you know um, you know, then there's there's uh, uh, another song I have. Uh, it's called "Murder of Hopes and Dreams." Okay, that uh, it's about a person that was in my life that was basically taking all the energy out of me and was and was mm-hmm. was really a parasite. Okay, and everybody could see it but me until the very end. Of course, so, of you course, know, yeah. Can 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 heavy metal lyrics can they be upbeat at all or yeah, does it, you yeah. have to follow that sure. yeah. that perceived genre? Hey, of I'm a Striper be dark. fan, so okay, <laughs> okay. Gosh, I mean, I you had to mention Striper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like you have you know you could put silly love songs by Paul McCartney and put that on a, a metal you know backdrop. You can't do that. You well, have to kind of stay with your with the perceived genre, if you will. Well, the thing is, is this, uh, that's just, it's, all, it's all about breaking perception, uh, breaking perceptions, yeah. and taking you know smashing all the boundaries i might you know simply because you said that i might go write a song about some kittens yeah you know makes a nice just, date just to just to basically <laughs> why be not like, oh yeah you know <laughs> put, put me up put me on the liner notes yeah. as, as, as inspiration <laughs> all right well we we um we do have a song we would like to play in that uh, this is the instrumental we were talking about it's it's called approaching event horizon yes yes sir okay brand new release brand new release all right debuting uh, here Debuting here on the Manifesto with Billy Brew. This is RMS and Approaching Event Horizon. Enjoy.
Wow, that that was awesome. RMS and their song "Approaching Event Horizon," and and listening to that, Dave, you were telling me I, I, three different influences. If you caught it, uh, kind of homages to some of your drum heroes, drum drum wise. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- explain it. Uh, there's a Neil Peart type fill in there. Yeah, like from Tom Sawyer, the <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Okay, and then there's "Fool in the Rain" kind of half shuffle, purdy shuffle kind of thing. That, from Led Zeppelin, yeah, yeah, and uh, a million others. Yeah, that's just so cool. And uh, how how does something like that uh, instrumental? How do y'all? I mean, certainly body language. I you know, how do y'all? Here's what happened. It was very like David mentioned earlier. It's very. I heard progressive influences. I heard that a lot in there. We're shredding. I wrote that. Is basically that song was my baby, and. After it became, we decided to not have lyrics to it and vocals because it wasn't working. I just started writing all these different patterns to it and all this different stuff. And the thing is, is it's called approaching. It's, it's almost like, you know, when I talk about lyrical stuff. Also, I write a lot of instrumentals, and I put out a lot of instrumentals um, as a low artist and, and whatnot. And my song titles reflect what the sound of the song is, is supposed to be. Okay. This song became a bro- approaching event horizon, and I'm, if you notice a lot of the spacey guitar work in yeah. there, a lot of the weird effects and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and the weird techniques of like you know that one, the little chirping part. I'm like tapping on my uh, my pickup. Yeah. You know, and I wanted it to sound like a weird frequency, but if approaching event horizon is uh, an event horizon is the deadliest part of a black hole. In the okay. universe, so okay. and nobody's ever made it out of an event horizon. Anybody that's ever gone into it has just not come out. Um, so basically, I wanted it to be like feel that claustrophobic feeling of you're going to try to go into the event horizon. You're in your spaceship, and um, you're going to have a, a major Tom situation where yeah. you don't come back home. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tell my wife I love her very much. There's going to be pieces of me out in space, but um, you know. Um, but that's the thing. It's like the, the way this all came together is like, you know, this was pretty much a song that I, I like constructed and then went back and, and I'm like basically making suggestions. Okay. It's like I want you to do some more violin stuff, Ange. So it's like, you know, try to hit this note like that. And then by you doing that, that'll open me up to be able to do this other thing on guitar and make it kind of you know come together the thing is is this is not the final mix not even the final version of the song okay you know where this is just a oh, work yeah. in progress sure. and it's just I, I thought it, you know it's like yeah let's play it this sounded one. great it sounded you know, really great thank you man why a three-piece band i you, not that you need an extra guitarist tom no, by any means no. but why why three-piece we make more money that way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and less problems because yeah, each person has a really. world of problems. Yeah. That's so. true. I mean, it's three distinct instruments. And we're all, yeah. we're all good enough musicians to where we yeah. can pull it off, and, yeah. and um, it sounds full. So. And you don't have, like, you know, if there, there is any problems, you know, it's just three people. So you can always get one person to side with you against the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Bad <laughs> politics. Yeah. Now, you said, now, you said right. y'all, y'all all three sing, but you're the chief uh, uh, vocalist, aren't, uh, Tom, are you? No, no, no. Me and Ann share the vocal okay. duties. It's just, uh, she hasn't had an, op- an opportunity to do any stuff, you know, as far as the originals vocally, because most of the stuff, w- what I told her, I was like, you're probably going to have to write your own riffs for your vocal patterns, because it's very difficult for me to write something for somebody else to sing. Yeah. Right. You know, because, like, when I'm doing, like, you know, I know, like, oh, this is how I'm going to approach this, and... I don't know. It's like, and I try to figure out ways. Like, oh, maybe you know, you would do good over this. You could hit like like that high note that you do, 
and then and but then again then i'm and then i might show it to her no you know that, that, that that's not what i <laughs> well, want to do so it's like well then write your own <laughs> i'll have to want to do it an octave higher than he writes it and well, actually yeah. I, i've got one written now uh, where I've got the bass riffs and I've got the the uh, melody uh, and the vocal line You're talking and about nightmare. it's it, yeah, nightmare. nightmare yeah nightmare. and and Tom actually did write one that's very much in line with yeah 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 the uh, 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 waking fear yes. yeah 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 that's this gonna work out working on. it's called waking fear okay and uh, yeah that's that's another, so we get, so yeah. everything's just still a work but in progress I always say I'm the front man she's the front woman that's right that's, exactly. that's pretty much it because if you look yeah. at if you look at how we are on stage we're both in front of microphones. Yeah, and then Dave's in the middle there, and it's like we always said, it like this, like a you know, it's like a triangle thing, yeah. and it's like, you and know, there, and it's a left-and-right-handed um, guitar player, so it has yeah. that nice. Yeah, that does look cool. That's oh, so, always so the necks are facing each other. No, they're, they're, oh, they're, like they're, they're like a, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're stage look. left, I would say. Uh, I'm no, always stage right. Stage right. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I can't because uh, yeah. And my drums are very symmetrical. I like the but, symmetry. Um, okay. He's got that Tama Rockstar kit, Everything which looks so cool. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's an a, it's a classic. Oh yeah, Tama Rockstar DX. That's cool. Kit, so. That is very cool. With all the metal guys played. Yeah. One of the things I like to do too is take non-traditional, uh, non-metal basses and make them metal. Um, in RMS, I play a Hoffner. I actually, I run it through, a, yeah, I run it through a distortion pedal, um, and uh, it's it, it's got a real deep, deep tone, and it works for, for what we do. For, for those um, who don't know what a Hoffner is, that's, that's Paul McCartney's bass exactly. uh, during the Ed Sullivan Beatles, you know, the early Beatles stuff. Exactly. That's very cool. Yeah. Another left-handed guy. That's right. That's right. I also <laughs> play a Dan Electro Longhorn, which has lipstick pickups. So <coughs> oh, that's I can, cool. I can, we can get a tone that, that we like with that. So vocally, how do y'all, are you a, a guttural guy? No, no, no. I'm more of a high shrieky kind. I mean, like, I guess you could say, like, I'm, uh, God, I got, I got a lot of different ways of, do, of doing things. I guess, like, listen to, uh, like, our cover of Symptom of the Universe by Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I kind of sound like Ozzy on that. Okay. I, but okay. I'm trying to sound like him. But uh, and then like you know we got Red Alert where I you know sound like a pissed off bobcat yeah. you know, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And of course my vocals are they're more soaring, you know Bruce Dickinson Rob Halford type vocals okay. where I'm I'm way up in in a you know high octave and a, a clean. So you're really hitting a high if his oh, if his yeah. is kind of high already you're really yeah. hitting a high note then oh there's yeah. no there's no mid or low. Really? Well, she sings her high notes. I don't say, like, for me, it's complete vocal manipulation. Yeah. You know. How do you intertwine your vocals with your shredding, and, and how do you weave that in there? You know, sometimes, like, riff, 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 vocal, vocal, vocal. Oh, riff, well, riff, a lot riff. of times, yeah, yeah. You can, and I've always said this, I, you can tell, like, and, I, and I've, I've said this to people, um, and a lot of people are surprised when they find out that I'm right. I can listen to any band. I might, I might not know what they look like. I've never seen them. But I can tell right off the bat whether the vocalist plays an instrument also because there's a certain pattern you'll hear. like In the what, song itself. Yeah, because you, you're playing, you know, I mean, like, say, you know, if you hear Megadeth or Metallica, mm-hmm. both of their vocalists play guitar at the same time. Yep. You can really tell if you really listen for that. And then you hear, like, say, Dio, you know, Ronnie James Dio is all over the place. There's no way you're going to have anybody singing those parts while they're straight. Yeah. Gotcha. So, right. so in, in, a, in a Ronnie right. James Dio scenario, it's they trade off. But when you're doing, you have a Dave Mustaine and you have a yeah. James Hetfield, you can 
sing and, and shred yeah, at the same time. Yeah, it's like time. walking and chewing gum, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And it, it takes practice. I, you know, the fact that I can do it now amazes me because I never thought I'd be able to, to be like, you know, singing and playing yeah. at the same time and, and actually yeah. pulling it off. Right. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Metal but, Militia. You know, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sings and plays that Yeah, at the we same do a cover time. of Metal Militia and like people are just like, oh, man, I could play it, but I can't <laughs> sing it and play it. How do you do it? It's just, you know. And one more vocal thing, and I, and, and I hear these, you know, the, the guttural things. How can a human voice box sustain that? Well, it's just for, for, for yeah. I mean, Dave Grohl, he screams his guts out. And how do, how do you well, do like, it? Exercise. Like, like you can so, really do that? You can uh, exercise that, the voice box? Sure. I don't know. It's kind of early in the morning. Let me, hold on. Uh-oh. We're doing something? Oh. I'm going to give you, like, sort of an example. Okay. Like, it's like all right. Here I got kind of a naturally baritone voice. Yeah. Like, say, yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm still, like, half asleep. But, but you know, it's like just that. What I just did is, like, it's just a vocal constriction. I'm pushing from my stomach. Yeah, okay. I'm pushing from my diaphragm, constricting my throat. And uh, basically, you end up making sounds that aren't, you know, your everyday human sounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> but it does take, it does take practice. It does take I, I guess it does. So yeah, I, I always love it when somebody's like, yeah, man, I could do that stuff. I could scream and do that stuff. That anybody can do that. It's racking, it's noise. And then they do it and they're like, Ugh, then they can't talk just from doing exactly. it for like yeah. for two seconds. One time. Or, or they, can't, one, yeah. they can't keep it up over a, a long period of no. time. No, because number one, they sound like pure crap. <laughs> they sound silly and stupid. Like I always love it when some drunk idiot, like, I could be a singer, too, you know, and then just does the most awful, crappy scream, and he just blows his own voice out, and you can hear his vocal cords being shredded, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, you know, there's a lot to this. I mean, a lot of people think that, oh, all that dude's doing is screaming and screeching. And like, no, there's it, it takes a lot of practice to make yourself sound like d- a demon. Well, it does, <laughs> yeah. and, and it takes a lot of practice to make yourself sound like Rob Halford, too, because, yeah. I mean, you yeah. are really exercising yeah. your vocals there, and, I mean, it's all in the diaphragm. I mean, you're you're in the middle of your, you know, below mm-hmm. your rib cage. You are you're not really expelling a lot of air when you're holding out these notes, yeah. these soaring notes. So, I mean, but that yeah. takes a lot of practice and you, you're not it just going to be able to, you know, get in there and off the road and, yeah. and do an hour show like that. You know, you oh, got to yeah. work up to it. Oh, no so, doubt. Um, I know that like, I remember, you remember I was, when we were first doing this, I lost my voice a lot doing that. Oh. Like I had to learn like the hard way, you know, it's okay. like I would do that stuff and I'd be, I'd be constantly doing it. And I'd go to work the next day, and my boss would come up and blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't want to hear anything he's got to say. You know, I'm here, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I have to have a talk with I have to talk back with him. And then it's like, I'm t- <laughs> well, well, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, and it's like, God, get away from me, dude. I don't want to talk. I can't. Yeah. And then, you know, all day it's like, uh, oh, man, we got a problem here. I better run and tell somebody. And then. You know, I'm having to do like you know. Better learn sign language. Yeah, sign language. Play charades. <laughs> now, yeah. Dave, are you self-taught on the drums, or did you take lessons? Pretty much, um, I took some some uh, lessons when I was real young. Just very small amount from a guy named Chuck Kerrigan from my hometown, who wrote some famous drum uh, lesson books. Okay. And uh, and then there was a guy here in Atlanta I studied with a little bit named Bill Shirk. And uh, between those two guys, I got technical more technical stuff and i've played in so many variety of different bands you know yeah 
that like you know have you have you played bands a, yeah jazz bands and you know uh, playing for orchestra shows and things like that Jesus Christ Superstar yeah and things like that so it's a wide range you know that I've I've grown up with but that those things helped me a lot because they gave me like you know standard jazz beat mm-hmm. standard reggae beat standard yeah. blues beat you know the the Texas shuffle things yep. like that you know that. That matter, you know. Absolutely. When you play, uh, you know, Lagrange, <laughs> and you play it, or you play it, that's the you know the Texas right. shuffle. What was your first band, and what kind of music did you play? Name me your first band. The Boogie Woogie Honky Tonky Women's Flues Blues Band. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! Really? You can't make. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, okay. Uh, All right, we're off yeah, the air now. <laughs> All right, come on, dude. Thanks, Dave. You just buried us. That's very cool. <laughs> Tom, what was your first band, and what what was your uh, what was the genre? Did you go heavy right off uh, the start? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, uh, the first band that I was in. Oh God! I don't even think we had a name, but we were just kids, and yeah, we were just jamming out stuff. Yeah, you know, and I was only fourteen, maybe fifteen. Okay. Um, you know, it just uh, uh, God, I'm glad I I'm, I'd rather say we didn't have a name than have the name that Dave's been. That's I, a great I name. <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. Like I find this out on the air. That's like a, wow, dude, see? I'm glad we didn't call him and say, "Hey, uh, can you name our band? We don't have a name." <laughs> But you never know. He might actually, like, that might be something that he might get rich from. Yeah. People be like, no, that's cool. Let's call speaking this of, guy. Speaking of naming, <laughs> naming our band, a lot of people ask us, why do you call yourselves RMS? Of oh, man. They, is, they, is, they, is it as obvious as it sounds? Well, the I mean, Riley name? Matthews but, Strick. But, yeah, but, yeah, there's all kinds of other different things. The only reason I came up with that is because, like, I went to school for electrical engineering. Okay. And RMS is like it's an it's a it's a electrical engineering term. It's like peak to peak voltage. Oh. Okay. And um, that lends well to your musical yeah, style. And I'm yeah. Like, and I'm like, cool. Like I wanted to call the album Peak to Peak Revoltage. That's what I wanted to call <laughs> it. You know. I mean, that's one of that's not what it's going to so be called. So like, a lot of different you know, interpretations. It's last names and stuff yeah, like that. And right. then you got it's also uh, a measure mean of, square. Uh, it's also a measure of uh, the power and clarity. Of audio, you use it actually. I, I yeah, had to check my RMS when I was doing yeah. the mastering on that recording oh, you played. So. Cool. And the Titanic was called the RMS Titanic. Yes, it well, was. We, yeah. I didn't want to mention that, dude. That's the good. Titanic is awesome. Fateful. Yes, it's awesome. I love the Titanic. <laughs> it is legendary. You should it's cover legendary. the Celine Dion song. Just put a metal to it. That would yeah. that would turn. I some, yeah, I could sing that. That would yeah, you could hit that red. We are too. not doing Celine Dion. Speaking I'm of, sorry. <laughs> I put my foot down right now. <laughs> but, but maybe they wouldn't know it is. And maybe they think I kind of know that song, but y'all's version might be. You know, that's, it, the, that's o- the only way they could we could do this song is if they tricked me where I didn't know what it was. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> there you we're not, go. We're not letting Bill be our musical director. Cause he's, <laughs> he's got us doing tie a yellow ribbon that's around right. the old oak tree and Celine Dion. Heart will go. Are but, you still man. doing Metalsome? I am absolutely. Okay. I love Metalsome. Metalsome happened at the Dark Horse Tavern in Virginia Highlands. Down in the basement is a club called Ten High. We do it, uh, it's six nights a week. I play Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Okay. Not, not this all. Um, yes, I'm, I'm going to be there Saturday night. And weekend. oh my God, if, if you are in Atlanta, you cannot miss Metalsome. It is a blast. It is it a lot is. of fun. Now, do you have these guys who come up and sing like Tom said and just blow out their voice? Oh, oh, sure. oh absolutely. <laughs> Dude, American Idol has nothing. Yeah. American Idol auditions have they try nothing to hit something, on that. Yeah, and it just, but the sound great. is fantastic. I mean, we are the number one rock show in Atlanta going on 16 years now. Um, we have a wonderful sound man. 
Randall. He's fantastic. Um, he can even make the bad singer sound good. He's so good. Um, <laughs> it, but I mean, you know, we it, is there auto tuning for metal vocalists? We don't do auto tuning. No, not we y'all. Of course not. But just other is that a common practice? Maybe auto tuning everywhere, man. There's so much. There's so just much to dial it in trickery. just right. There's yeah. so much studio trickery oh, yeah. going on, and it's kind of like. Yeah. We try you know, not to rely on any studio there's a lot whatsoever. Of, well, there's gonna, like death metal bands out there that their drummers sound like typewriters. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, come on, dude. I know for a fact you didn't pull that off. And, and, Dave, you know? I, <laughs> and, and then I you like, hear them live and it's like, see? <laughs> and I like that you play an acoustic set, a real. Yeah. How, now, when, when y'all are recording, I mean, do you have like two mics on each, Tom? And uh, I mean, how many mics do you have going? Or? Well, it, depend, it depends on what you're doing. Actually, yeah. I, I'm actually playing an electronic kit. When I record. Oh, okay. Is that yeah. just for convenience and you can better uh, control the sound just, that you get? It's just, it's just the way it is. Really? It's like all, all the bands are doing that. All the metal bands. Most of them, you know, the, the guys that don't have much money aren't. Yeah. But um, I have a, I have a uh, DTX Extreme kit that's an older electronic kit. And I go straight into the computer. Yeah. And you can you manipulate the sounds? I, I play it, and then I have programs that have sampled, different sampled sounds, you know, from okay. real drums. Yeah. And, and that's the way it's done. I mean, that's just, if you don't do it that way nowadays, you won't, you won't be able to compete. That's true, because some, some of these heavy metal drum sets are, you know, 500 pieces. And yeah, you, yeah. Well, I've got you the run out of mics. Set. I've got the drum sets, and, and I will play those. But under these circumstances we are under here, yeah, that's the way I went, and and it's a good thing because, you know, you learn so much from doing it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, at what point when you're mixing, when you're self-producing, that you just say, God, we can't do any more to this song. We have to move on. I mean, uh, that's got, when it gets to the point where it starts to hurt your sanity. That's yeah. You know, I mean, like, you go to bed I'm, with the same lick, and then you wake well, up with the same lick. And, I get I get to a point, and, and and they've seen this where I get in the manic modes as a musician and it's like i'm constantly wanting i gotta do it again i gotta do it again and it's like after you know and i gotta re-record this i gotta re-record that what you you realize when you get to a certain point like that what you do what i do and i think anybody should do this if they get a little too wrapped up and and trying to make everything perfect Leave it alone. I'll, I'll get to a certain point where I'm like, i got to leave this alone for like three days. Okay. Don't listen to it. That's not a lot of time, actually, if you think about it. That's not a lot well, of time. for me. For, for you, for it me, is? Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, like, I'll, if once I start recording, it's like I stay on it okay. until it's done. Okay. You know? And But you don't you allow know. yourself. You're such a perfectionist within yourself that you can't allow a little. Because rock and roll. And I always I, I refer to the Stones. I mean, you can hear mistakes by Keith Richards all the yeah, time. Yeah, the thing is, is are they the good mistakes? It, exactly. It, it, there's there's such thing as happy mistake, happy accidents, yeah. as they say. Little Bob Ross, or whatever. <laughs> you know, like there's there's nothing wrong with that. But if something's just like screwed up, like like when I was talking about the vocal uh, 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 pattern that I had for the instrumental before it became an instrumental for Approaching Event Horizon. I was singing it fine. I was I was actually doing some really cool stuff, but it just didn't fit, and it was driving me nuts, and it was killing me. And it's like, yeah, three days without listening to something like so. There's certain things. Okay, after three days, for me, that's like for most people, that's three months. I'm like, okay, I can't. It's like being away from somebody you love or something. It's like <laughs> you know, you know. But the thing is, is that you know, three days later, I listen to it, and it's like, okay, then I can really see. Okay, I was just being a little over the top about yeah. this part this part actually sounds really good 
this actually does need to be fixed. Let's approach it in a different way, you know. And, and also being away from it like that will give you some time to come up with other ideas without it, you know, just, you know, being in your face all Would the time. Would the average so, listener pick up on what you heard because you know what you're playing and you know what it want what you want it to sound like but I with the average it, listener dude. go I my god it. he messed up there he missed that 16th note you know no. they're not going to do that I, yeah yeah I, I don't think so i think like you know there's i mean i'll hear music that i don't even know there was a mistake in there yeah. like a little little known um fact you know uh eruption oh yeah you know eddie played that wrong <laughs> He, he, I've, he I've seen the wrong. interview. He said, I didn't even play it right. He's the part where uh, after the uh, right before the tapping part goes yeah, in, yeah. he wasn't even going to start tapping. He screwed that part up so bad he just ran right into it for, because of nerves. And Ted oh. Templeman was like, let's keep it. And mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen has said, he's like, you know, for 40 years, I, you know, I don't get it. So, so when y'all when y'all are self when y'all are self producing, is it a group thing? Said, all right, we're keeping it. Not that there's Tom, Tom predominantly comes <laughs> yeah. into the studio. <laughs> he, he predominantly comes Let's into the studio and he show. nails <laughs> the take. Okay, and it's like you know, it's guitar playing like no one can imagine. You know, yeah. and and he'll come in and he'll just nail it. You know, and then if he has particular things about it that he doesn't like which most people wouldn't even know the difference yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you know but really he he comes in and he just nails that stuff and so for me when i get into writing things for the band i write from the drums up yeah so you know i i play guitar enough to write songs and things like that you know and so uh, and i had done a lot of music like that but for Tom, you know, <laughs> that's another, you know, dimension as far as guitar playing. And then he'll be fun. like, he'll be like, that was a great take, dude. That was perfect. I'll be like, well, no, my pinky fingernail scratched the uh, the high E and you could hear it. No one. <laughs> what? Would, yeah, exactly. All right, we got about a minute left. What okay. uh, What's the heavy metal scene like in Atlanta? Is it a good scene? Is it? It's good and bad. It just depends. Uh, like, I'd say there's a lot of great bands, but there's a lot of bad promoters. Yeah, and and idiots out there, and you know I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna give anybody any publicity, any of those people any publicity at all. Yeah. But I will tell you, I've run into a few. There was one idiot in his idiotic record label, and his, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna end no, up but, yeah. I'm gonna end up getting angry if I talk about this guy. Right. But they they know who he is, and he's mm-hmm. lucky that he's still walking. But um, uh, also a lot of promoters uh, that are stiffing bands, not wanting to pay people. So really, nothing's um, treating, changed. No, but it, <laughs> it's, it's, no, well, it seems to be worse in rock and metal. I've noticed yeah, that, and, yeah. and you know, it seems to be worse. And a lot of it is because people won't stand up to these 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 they, idiots, yeah. these dirtbags. There yeah. are some promoters uh, who are fair. That there's are good out there, ones. And we will work there's with them. Ones. We will yeah. absolutely work. There's with good. Them. That's what I mean. We know it's who good to and avoid. Bad. It's good and bad. It right, just we, depends. We got ten seconds. What are y'all doing the rest of the year? What is RMS doing the rest of the year? Recording, and recording, promoting. working, recording. and more, uh, maybe more gigs toward the end of the year. Uh, as the, yeah, as we're the, gonna, we, once we, it's we're ready. Yeah, 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 we need to get back out there. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, Andrew Riley, Tom Matthews, Dave Strandquest. If I said that correctly, thank you. Thank y'all so much. Collectively, you. your RMS, and thank y'all so much. I learned you, a lot man. about about stuff, and I hope uh, the listeners learned a little bit more about metal. Check them out. They're they're on Facebook. Yes, we are uh, working on a website as well. That's on our construction. construction so, yeah, yeah, so. Check them out. They're awesome. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. Um, I think we have the great Ann Butters next week. So y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time.